It sure is at 12.05, and uh, we're here in studio. I know last week you were saying, why don't we move the show outside? <laughs> Not we today. have to. Yeah, no, we could do it outside today, but we need parkas again. Welcome yes, to Southern true. Ontario. Uh, we're here uh, for the entire hour. You want to get all of Savannah, you can do so. Help at theinsurancelawyer.ca, 416-216-5910 is your direct number. And uh, as always, want to start the show with something, an amazing instrument, which you just put together. It's brand new. The paint is still fresh. The injury calculator. That's right. Let's talk about that right off the hop. Okay. So, John, uh, yeah, as we've been talking about it uh, over the last few shows, uh, tons of people have been uh, to the site now, injurycalculator.ca. Mm-hmm. Uh, it allows you to input a few details. It's anonymous. Uh, it, it allows you to put in uh, the type of injury you've, su- you've, you've sustained uh, as a result of a, of a car accident, a slip and fall, whatever uh, the accident was. Uh, you you um, uh, tell the calculator if the injury is ongoing, if it's chronic or if it's not. You basically input a few details and then uh, what it does is it calculates for you what you could potentially get as compensation for your pain and suffering. And it's based on a survey of Canadian case law. Uh, we've worked on it for, for a long time, my team and I. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's accurate. Uh, it, like I said, it's based on, on other cases across the mm-hmm. country. And, and, you know, there's, there's nothing like this out there in Canada. Uh, it's the first of its kind. Uh, it takes literally 30 seconds to go through. Uh, and a lot of people out there uh, have, have asked me in the past when they've come to me for a consultation, you know, what, what is the value for my injury? They're not asking because they're being greedy. They're asking because they want to know if it's worthwhile for them to proceed with yeah. a claim. And I always tell you know people that, look, uh, you know the pain and suffering component is just one component. We have to look at other components, like you know if you've lost income, if you're having difficulties at work, if you need treatments, uh, if you've incurred out-of-pocket expenses. But the pain and suffering is what people are coming to me for, and this is what this calculator is meant to do: is to give you this value uh, that other cases uh, have shown that you could get in the event that you're injured. Because uh, until you guys created this. The only place you'd have to phone a law firm. You have you had, to phone you a law have firm. access to this information sitting at your own computer, That's right. right? Exactly. And you're going to get different answers from different people. Mm-hmm. And look, I mean, at the end of the day, this calculator is a guide. Uh, every case is unique because every person is unique. Uh, you know, just an easy example that I can give you is if somebody uh, uh, lost uh, a baby finger, as an example, uh, you know, the question is how much is that baby finger worth from a value, from a legal value standpoint? Mm-hmm. You know, leave aside the fact that if you are a concert pianist, uh, you know, this is, right. this is that this, makes sense. you know, this is yeah. going to mean that you can't play anymore and you're going to have huge income losses going into the future. Uh, whereas if you're in construction, it, it may not be a big deal. But the value for the pain and suffering, uh, you know, there's going to be a range there. And this is what this calculator does. It allows you to calculate very quickly, anonymously, freely the pain and suffering component of your claim. You know, let's. Why don't we do one in real time? Sure, why don't we click do it, one yeah. through? Let's. Uh, it'll be a car accident, say. That's right. Um, typical injury would be what, like a, a neck or yeah, a shoulder say, injury. Let's right? let's say a neck injury. Okay. You know, you're having uh, uh, you know pains that are ongoing. You've had them now for a few months. Let's say let's say six months or so. Sure. Uh, so so you know you you input the information of where this accident happened. Let's say Toronto. Again, this uh, is injurycalculator.ca. You want to try this yourself, right? You put in uh, uh, Toronto. You put in uh, that it happened last December. Uh, you're putting all this information, you're choosing neck, and then when you click on neck, it asks you, uh, please select the option that best describes uh, your neck injury. It's either a sprain or a strain or bruising, let's mm-hmm. say a whiplash injury, right. or a fracture. Well, let's put something that's very common, a sprain or a strain. You know, oh, you have this, this ongoing ache yes. in your pain. So you put that in. The next question is, do you experience severe chronic pain? There's a yes or a no. Let's say you say yes. You click on that. There's, of course, a disclaimer that explains that pain and suffering is just one component. 
you click continue and it tells you according to our survey of Canadian cases you may be entitled to, to $40,000 to $80,000 for your pain and suffering for that injury. So it gives you a window at least to start it gives you from, a window, right? Exactly and again very important even though it looks like a big window the reason it's there again is because every case is specific. Sure. It depends you know if you're an older person if you're a younger person if it affects you in terms of how you uh, you know you 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 work uh, there's all these uh, all, all these uh, pieces of information that actually work into calculating what the value is, but at least you're going to have this ability here to get the to get the range. Sorry. And then you can carry on at that point and consult a lawyer like yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, you can submit. You're right. Yeah, you can submit the the results for a free and confidential consultation, uh, or you can just not do it. It's up to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, listen. This this is this has even been uh, useful uh, according to some callers who called me even this week, uh, telling me that they have cases that are ongoing with other lawyers, but the lawyers are not actually telling them what they could potentially be getting for their injuries. And of course, the lawyers want to be conservative. Uh, You know, they want to make sure that uh, they don't. uh, you know, give you high expectations or low expectations. So they're not going to tell you anything until it comes on uh, right. for settlement. And here you have this calculator that can tell you exactly what you can expect. It's free. It's online. Just go to injurycalculator.ca and give it a shot yourself. Who knows? You might want to write that down. Hopefully you don't need it, but you might need it in the future and it'll be a good tool to have in your arsenal for sure. We'll take a short break. Uh, Savan's number outside of show hours, 416-216-5910 and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca through email. And uh, hey, give us a call over the next hour. We'd love to hear from you. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. The Insurance and Injury Law Show right here on Talk Radio AM 640. And Savan at theinsurancelawyer.ca, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca as well, and 416-216-5910. You can give us a call here at the uh, station over the next 45 minutes at 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Some cases. How was this week? This Here's week some details. was it was insanely busy, John. Okay. Uh, the whole office was buzzing, and uh, I actually have a case that uh, I selected specifically just for this show uh, because it touches both on long-term disability as well as personal injury. And this is a gentleman that called me uh, about a week and a half ago, but I met with him this past week, and he's listened to the show. Uh, this gentleman is in his late thirties. About seven years ago, he was injured at work when a steel plate fell on his leg. Uh, it, it caused some severe nerve damage to his foot, and he's still limping to this day. He's walking with a cane. He hired the law firm for that injury, for the personal injury claim, and they settled at the end of last year uh, with the um, the insurance company. Now, the reason he came to me is because for the last few years, he's been on long-term disability, and he's been receiving disability payments. He's beyond the two-year mark that we've discussed yeah. before because he's unable to work. Uh, but he feels that, uh, you know, with some new treatments, maybe there is some possibility that he could potentially end up at some point in the foreseeable future, go back to work. So he's asking me, well, does it make sense for me to approach the insurance company, the long-term disability insurer, and try and see if we can perhaps uh, lump out the claim or settle the claim? You know, he doesn't know if he's going to be able to go back to work, but he doesn't want to be chained down either. Yeah. Insurance companies, generally speaking, like to resolve claims. They don't want to have you on the books uh, for uh, for months and years on end. And so his question was, does it make sense for me to engage them? And so we had that consult on the basis of that. And, and you know, what I tell people when they're thinking about whether or not they should be entering into these negotiations with disability insurers, especially when the insurance company approaches you and says, you know, you, you've been on disability now for a few years, we would like to know if you're interested in uh, taking, you know, and and a, a package, a package that would mm-hmm. compensate you for the next few years worth of disability payments. Get you out the door. Exactly, yeah. and and very very important for people to know that uh, there are uh, several considerations that they have to uh, to look at. Uh, number one, 
if you do actually settle with a long-term disability insurance company uh, for future payments, the good thing is that you're ending the relationship. So, so the idea that you have to keep dealing with the adjuster, you have to, you know, to keep providing them with documentation. The phone calls, the, the everything phone, else. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Everything else that comes with it, you won't have to deal with that. You're yeah. actually going to have this money in your bank account. So you're terminating the relationship in exchange for that money. I'm sensing a but. There's going to be a but, exactly, because look, I mean, if you're in your early 30s, uh, late 30s, early 40s, maybe you have 20, 25 years more of, uh, of disability payments potentially coming to you, and you agree to settle on the basis of five years worth or 10 years worth or 15 years worth of disability payments, you're potentially, uh, you know, shortchanging yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, what happens if that money is then exhausted? And you still can't work. You and you still maybe can't you work. Could, exactly, you can't. exactly. Okay. So, so very, very important to look at that. Also important to look at... Other considerations such as uh, are, are you just getting the long-term disability payments or are you getting some other benefits on the All side? All the components that All go the along components. with? Exactly. Right. Okay. Again, very important because the disability insurance company doesn't always take that into account or offers that as part of the lump sum uh, settlement. So we talked about that. So that's very important. If somebody has a question out there about that, they can call into the show or call me after. We, we can certainly discuss it. It's not for everyone and there are a lot of considerations to, to take into account. Uh, now, after we finished the consult, before he left, he asked me, you know, I did settle that personal injury claim that I had that caused me this injury only last year. And, you know, there was, there was an uncomfortable pause in the room because I, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, this happened to you almost seven years ago. You're telling me that at the end of last year is when you actually finally settled that personal injury claim. So let's say six and a half years later. Seems like a long time. It's extremely long time. And there was only one defendant here. In other words, there was only one insurance company he was dealing with. Why did it take six and a half years? This kind of a claim should have resolved within, let's say, a couple of years at most. Maybe two and a half, three years if there are complications. No reason why it took six and a half years. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, that's, that's what happened. And I told him, it's behind you. You've resolved it. The monetary award, actually, that he received was appropriate based on the information that I had. So I don't think the lawyer did a bad job. I th- actually think the compensation was appropriate. Just a slow job. Just a very, very slow job. Right. But there was something else that really bothered me. Apparently, during the negotiations in the end, uh, it was this gentleman and his wife who were there. And uh, the lawyer had split them up. I don't even understand how that happens. But he split them up in different rooms. And he actually pressured them to accept the final offer. Well, the lawyer probably wanted to get the claim resolved. I mean, it's very unethical. Listen, I'm taking this on on the word of of this individual who's coming to me. I don't know if this lawyer actually did that. You got half the story, right? I I may have half the story, but, you know, if you you have a lawyer, if you have a paralegal, if somebody is representing you, you should never be pressured to resolve a claim. What you should be given are the options, uh, the recommendations. And I just had a mediation uh, this past week, you know, where... As the numbers were coming into the room, my client was there with me. I, 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 was, I was literally negotiating uh, with them in the room, explaining to them every step of the process. And that's extremely important because that's how the individual, the client, knows that you are doing the job you're supposed to do by, by understanding where the case is going, why the numbers are what they are, what the strategy is behind, you know, putting this number on this category. So, for, for example, saying for pain and suffering, you know, my client deserves this. For income loss, my client deserves that. Most individuals who come to me, uh, unfortunately, after claims settle, and I see major mistakes in the settlement, when I ask them how was the, sal- you know, the settlement arrived at, they have no idea. They weren't in the room. They weren't uh, talking yeah. with their lawyers. No clue. And they don't even understand how these numbers come about. 
you know, all they're telling me is my lawyer sued for $3 million and I settled for $50,000. Well, it, it, but it doesn't matter what the lawyers, you know, claim for. They can be claiming for a billion dollars and you can end up with zero. What's important is how you make the claim, how, how you phrase the claim, right. what evidence comes out and how the negotiation process proceeds. You got questions for Lior? Maybe you're in the same situation. Lior, he's not here yet. Savan, your partner. You guys look the same. What do you want me to say? Uh, we don't look the same. No, you don't at all. I'm sorry about that. One of us is better looking, John. Wow. We'll have that fight next hour. <laughs> you have questions for uh, for Savan, and maybe you're in this situation yourself. Give us a call right now on the air, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. His private number, write this down, 416-216-5910, and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Lots more of the Insurance and Injury Law Show coming up right here on Talk Radio, AM640. Injurycalculator.ca. Check it out online as well. You'll want to give us a call. We'd love to hear from you the, uh, this afternoon. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Tell me about another uh, another claim that happened this week because that was interesting, the last one. Yeah, okay. Um, there was uh, another case, actually, that, uh, that comes to mind. This is a lady... Uh, who called me, uh, I think it was a Tuesday. She's 42 years old. Uh, she's she's having difficulty at work because of her injury. She was in a car accident about a year ago or so, and uh, she works in a dental office. Now, the employer, her employer, is not happy with her because she takes days off every so often because of the pain and for treatments. She's still getting treatments, chiropractic, massage, all that kind of stuff. Uh, she doesn't know what to do with the employer and was told by another lawyer that she consulted that if she went back to work, this is back then after the accident, uh, that that would be a problem for her claim, and then she wouldn't be able to make a claim for her injuries. Now, she wasn't at fault for the accident. Okay, yeah. let's make that clear. Now, what I told her is this. With the employer, and I, I tell this to a lot of people, that, again, uh, the way our firm works is that we, we really specialize in two areas, personal injury and employment, as we all know, mm-hmm. right? Uh, with employment, whenever our clients, the, the injured individuals uh, that we represent, have issues at work, we immediately get one of the employment lawyers of the firm involved. And, and oftentimes, all they do is just send out a letter to the employer outlining, uh, as, as you know, John, that they have a duty to accommodate. They should be accommodating. You should, they shouldn't be giving our client a hard time. Right. And that usually ends the story. Uh, the, the employer does exactly what they're told and they understand. And sometimes they even consult their own lawyers who tell them the exact same thing yes. that they have to accommodate. Uh, but, you know, the fact that a year after the accident, she's still having issues at work. She's having difficulty sitting for prolonged periods of time. She's having difficulty doing the overtime that she used to do. Uh, that indicates to me that there's still a serious problem, which tells me that there is a chronic, potential chronic problem. Uh, and, and she didn't break anything, but it, it's, a, it's, it's a whiplash type injury that just persists. And sometimes these become chronic pain injuries. Uh, the problem is, and this is the reason she called me, is because she thinks that her job may be in jeopardy because the employer is getting really frustrated with her and has made offhand comments about how you know, she's taking way too much time and she, he may have to look for a replacement. That's not going to help her pain. It, well, that's not going to help her pain. It's putting a lot of pressure on her. She's got young kids at home and she doesn't know what to do. And, and you know, what I told her is that, no, you know, you're doing everything right. Uh, you know, she she keeps bringing notes from the doctor to the employer to explain her absences. And again, the employer is just very frustrated with that. Understandably so. Mm-hmm. It's a small office. But the employer is not aware that he has a duty to accommodate. Uh, so I told her that it, it's not an issue at all. And what the lawyer, the previous lawyer that she spoke with told her, when he, when he said to her, you know, if you go back to work, you don't really have a claim because you're now not, not losing any more money, right? I mean, you're earning as much as you did uh, as, as yep. you're doing after the accident as you did before the accident. That's incorrect. That's a misconception. There's a misconception out there uh, that, unfortunately, a lot of lawyers and paralegals uh, they, 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 
say it to, to individuals who call them, they say that if you go back to work after an accident or when you have injuries, it means that your claim is very weak or that you potentially do not have a claim because you're earning the same money or more. And what That's do you say? Wrong. What I say is that the fact that you're going back to work, even part-time, let alone full-time, means that you are trying to mitigate your injuries and your damages. You're trying to lessen uh, the impact of the injury on you. Now, what does that do? If, if you're an insurance company and you're looking at this type of claim, are you going to be more sympathetic, or not sympathetic, but are you going to find more credible the person who has made attempts to go back to work and perhaps has continued working, albeit with pain, and take some time off? Or are you going to be more sympathetic or find more credible someone who uh, just says, you know what, I, I can't do anything, there's no way that I can go back to work even for a few hours a week. Mm-hmm. You know, unless, unless you have very severe injuries, I'm talking about fractures across your body, a paralysis, something like that, to say that you can't do absolutely any work, it just doesn't seem credible. Yeah. It's not to say that, you know, in different cases, that may not be the case. Of course, it may be. Again, every case is unique. But this misconception that, you know, if you... It's not an all to, or nothing. It's not an all or nothing, yeah. exactly. And when I used to do defense work, only defense work, and I would have claims come across my desk, you know, when I'm seeing uh, a claimant who suffered an injury, doesn't matter what kind of injury, and I see that they've tried to go back to work, perhaps they failed, perhaps they went back to work and are able to work full-time, but not the overtime that they used to work. Sure. That gives the person or the claim credibility. Absolutely. Very, very important because yeah. if you have credibility, and most of these cases are decided on credibility, uh, that, that goes a lot goes a long way. Very, Four, very important. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. I want to talk about um, medical records. This comes up all the time. Why are why insurance companies so focused on asking for medical records in personal injury claims years back? And uh, what are they looking for inside those records? Well, th- the answer of why they're asking for those medical records is, is very simple because they need to verify uh, the claims you're making, the allegations. You're alleging that you're injured. Well, how would they know that you're injured unless they, they check a, 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 a record, let's say your family doctor's records, uh, OHIPS records, perhaps you went to a specialist. They're trying to understand what is the impact of the accident on your life, whether it's, it's you know, in terms of uh, your injuries or if you're saying that you have difficulty working, they want to see uh, if, in fact, there are any notations in the family doctor's file that say that you're having difficulty work. Um, it, very, very important for them to be able to, uh, to verify these allegations because that's how they are going to then set reserves for resolving the claim. So that's really what it is that, uh, that they're looking for. And in terms of what kind of records they're going to ask for, they're going to ask primarily for the treating physician's records. So if you have a family doctor or if there is a walking clinic you go to usually, they're going to ask for those records. Uh, if you have a specialist, like let's say, I mean, you know, you have an injury where you've suffered an, an, a neurological injury or orthopedic sure. injury and you've seen specialists, they're going to want to see those specialist uh, files because those files are going to contain reports that don't just talk about your injury, but also about the prognosis of your injury. That's that's for the immediate injury, though. How about going back? How far can they go back, and how far would you let them go back as a client's lawyer? So that's a very, very interesting question because right. it depends on whether or not you represent or not. If you're not represented, oftentimes they'll ask for essentially an unlimited amount of, of uh records. Uh, and if you have a lawyer, they usually know that they can go more than three, maximum five years wow. back. Okay, well, uh, we'll continue on with that. In the meantime, you want to give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. 416-870-6400. Star 640 on cell. Help at the insurance lawyer.ca. 
And Savan's number is 416-216-5910. While you're online, check out injurycalculator.ca. More of the insurance and injury law show on Talk Radio AM 640. And we're back here, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. We'll uh, bounce over the phone. has got uh, Kevin in Mississauga. Hi, Kevin, how are you? Yeah, how are you? Good Hi, man. Kevin. Um, okay, I've got uh, a letter from uh, Sun Life Insurance Company, mm-hmm. and it okayed me for long-term disability for two years. Okay. And my employer brought me back on a back-to-work program to see if I could do my or for light-duty job. Mm-hmm. Um, during the course of that, they asked me to return to my regular job with some restrictions. Okay. I agreed to it, and then they turned around and uh, wrote the insurance company a letter telling them that I was back to my regular job with no restrictions uh, a week later, I get a letter from Sun Life saying, congratulations, and you're no longer uh, on long-term disabilities, which was totally fabricated. Mm-hmm. The employers never got a letter from any doctor saying I'm returning to full duties. Mm-hmm. In fact, all they have is documentation for light-duty work. Right. So do I have any recourse here? Like, Well, well, well let, me, let me ask you this. Uh, are, are you actually still at work? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, but y- yeah. My employer, my employer seems to think that I'm on regular duties where there's where I'm not. Did you provide your employer with with a doctor's note explaining what your limitations are? Absolutely, absolutely. And oh. then when I when they put me back on my regular job, they turned around and wrote Sun Life a letter which disqualified me from long term disability. It's it's ridiculous. Okay, well, Kevin, as long as you're able to work in some capacity, you're not going to qualify uh, for the long-term disability at this point. However, uh, if uh, you know, you're continuing to try to work, which you know, kudos to you for doing that, it's exactly what you should be doing if you think you can work, e- even yeah. in, modified, in a modified capacity. If at some point you're unable to, you go back on LTD, on long-term disability. Now, what the employer did here is inappropriate, obviously. I mean, if you yeah. are on modified duties, they should not have written Sun Life and told them that you're working without restrictions. But, but with respect to Sun Life, they don't actually care right now if it's modified or if it's, uh, if, or if it's not modified. As far as they're concerned, you can work, and therefore you don't meet the criteria for receiving disability payments because you can no, work. No. Yeah. No, no, I, it, it's not about the payment part, but what it is is they, they disqualify me now from the long term, whereas let's say my shoulder acts up and I can't go to work anymore. I've got to go through all this process again, and, and it's such a fight to get qualified for long term. Like I was on six months short term, right? and just as it was flipping to long term, they made a, a, you know, a modified job for me at work in the office. Right. I did that for three months, then I came back with another doctor's note to continue uh, modified duties, and they asked me to go back to my regular job, but I did certain parts of the job I didn't have to do. Oh, yeah, now, Kevin, yeah, go ahead. Over with the two years of Sun Life long term, so if my shoulder bothered me between then, I would just go on back to the little to the disability, but they seem to have taken that away now. No, they've only taken that away so long as you can work. If it flares up again, you will qualify for it. There's not even a question, especially if your doctor uh, or doctors are supporting your disability. That's not going to be an issue, and it should not be a fight. 
It should not well, be. And if it is a fight, just give me a call. But I'm telling you right now, it will not be a fight. Well, the, the, the Sun Life letter said my case was closed on no, long term. No, what was closed is your claim up until that point. There's okay. nothing preventing you from reinstating the LTD if, in fact, it acts up and you're unable uh, to, to work. So, so, Kevin, 100%, make sure you keep my number handy because you may need it. Hopefully, you won't because if you can continue working, you don't need the LTD payments. Uh, but, you know, obviously, John, this is not appropriate what the employer did here. Mm-hmm. But in any event, from a, from a purely legal standpoint, Sun Life is correct in terminating the LTD benefits at this point. And what they're saying is... At this point, right now, you can work. Therefore, our, our file is closed with respect to the disability you had up until now. Right. In the meantime, uh, Kevin, 416-216-5910 is the number you want to uh, keep handy. We're talking about medical records, and um, you know, I'm sure Kevin went through a bunch of that stuff as well. Um, can they contact the claimant's doctor directly? Uh, they, they can only do that, John, if uh, the claimant authorizes them to do it. Which is why when, uh, you know, when you apply for disability or if you have a personal injury claim and you're dealing with the insurance companies directly, one of the first things that they're going to do, other than asking you to provide a statement, mm-hmm. coming to your house and speaking with you, is telling you that they need those medical documents. They're not going to ask you. They're going to tell you they need them. They're going to tell you that they need them. They're going to tell you they can't do anything without them, which goes back to my original point, which is that they need those documents to verify uh, your disability yeah. or your alleged injury. Uh, but if you sign an authorization that gives them carte blanche ability to contact your doctors, to, pro- to, to request letters, reports, your doctors will then comply with those requests because you are, you are authorizing the insurance company to do that. So effectively, what you're doing is you're opening the door to the most private and sensitive information uh, that pertains to you. You should never do that. This is why you need a lawyer first to, uh, to authorize what they can get 100%, to, A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And you have no idea how many times, uh, you know, when insurance companies have contacted individuals who've then contacted me because they were concerned with the information that was being requested from them, I, I would look at the, at the requests and, and really, you know, there was no need for 80% of the information that they were asking for. Now, that's not to say that insurance companies are out there just to collect information. It's not, they're not the government. They're not, this is not a witch hunt. But as far as they're concerned, the more information, the better. The reality is they don't need a lot of that information. They need specific information to test the veracity of what it is that you're saying. If you're injured, there's presumably going to be some kind of a medical record. That's what they're after. They just want to verify. Can you go back afterwards as a lawyer and say, okay, you, you don't have access to this Absolutely. or once it's open? Oh, really? Oh, yeah, sure. You can revoke authorizations all wow, the time. look at you. Yeah, no, and in fact, you have to do that. And that's one of the questions that I ask initially individuals that come to me is, have you been in contact with any of these insurance companies? Mm-hmm. What have you done? Have you given any statements? Have you signed anything? As soon as I hear that they've signed something, they may not even know what, uh, I immediately contact the insurance company, the adjuster, and tell them uh, we're revoking any authorization, any and all authorization to contact my client's uh, treating practitioners. You are the terminator. I uh, love that. <laughs> I didn't know you could do that once it's out there. It's good to know, you though, have right? You to do it. You have Excellent. to do it. And, and, and frankly, that's, that's just basic, uh, basic information for everyone out there. We'll take a short break. Got a couple emails I want to get to as well uh, to throw them across your, your desk, see if you can answer these. In the meantime, 416-216-5910 is Savan's number. Uh, Savan at theinsurancelawyer.ca or help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. And uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Give us a call right here on the air. And check out online injurycalculator.ca. The Insurance and Injury Law Show on Talk Radio, AM 640. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. We love getting to our phone calls. Got uh, Peter, first out of the gate here uh, for this uh, segment. Peter in Toronto, go ahead. 
Hi. Um, good afternoon. I uh, was involved in a in a work-related accident uh, that uh, WSIB is paying me for now. I, a guy dropped a big piece of concrete on me, and they broke my knee and broke my tibia. Right. And I'm now the proud owner of two plates, 14 screws, and tremendous pain on a regular basis. Uh, it's been six months and still hasn't gone away, and the doctors, um, the surgeon has, has uh, deemed it um, that I won't be able to go back to work at all. Driving, I was driving a truck, and I can't drive a truck anymore. Right. And WSIB has decided that they're going to they're going to retrain me, but they want to choose what it is that I'm going to be retrained into. They want me to go into um, the transportation field, chain supply management or whatever, supply management, whatever it is. A desk job, right? I, yeah, except that yeah. I contacted a few guys, uh, some companies that I posted jobs looking for that, and they said, well, if you're a WSIB guy and you can't really walk around the warehouse, we won't be able to hire you. And... Uh, uh, you know, I, I just feel like I'm caged into something that I really don't want to do. And um, I asked the guys, is there some kind of settlement that you're going to do? Or are you going to handle me? And it just seems that they just push me into something that I want to do. Is there anything that I can do about that? Well, ultimately, Peter, if this uh, if this was a workplace accident and you are within the WSIB scheme, the workers' comp scheme, uh, y- you have to go through that. It's it's uh, it's analogous or it's similar to a situation in employment law where where you know you have somebody who's unionized. You have to go through the, the union. union. Yeah. There's not much that we can do. You can sue the employer. Uh, th- there are exceptions uh, to that. Uh, very very important that if somebody is injured uh, during the course of their employment, that they seek the legal advice to figure out if they can come out of WSIB. Uh, because, John, sometimes there are uh, there is the ability to, to get beyond WSIB and actually get compensation for pain and suffering. And that's where you want to be. That's where that's you, you, you want to be, right? exactly. Yeah. But, but in this yeah. case, if Peter is, is, is within that scheme and, and uh, WSIB uh, sees fit to have him retrained or want to have him retrained, it's something he has to deal with directly with WSIB, unfortunately. Get to uh, Susan and Peter. Well, hi, Susan. Hi there. How are you, gentlemen? Excellent. How are We're you? Good. How very well, thank you. Um, just a quick question. Um, I am 52 and have gone back to um, school for a number of reasons and graduated. Um, my husband is a retired teacher, okay. and he has the um, quite a good pension and, and um, a benefit package. Mm-hmm. Um, when I when we got married two years ago, I tried to go on his. He tried to get me on his benefits package because I don't have benefits Mm -hmm. and because I was honest and declared a pre-existing condition which is anxiety that I've taken medication for for years Mm -hmm. they denied me any sort of benefits at all I supplied two letters from two different doctors that I've never missed time from work Um, I worked in a law office for 25 years and so on Um, is there anything that I can do because I really failed to see how um, uh, you know, getting payment for a uh, cleaning for a dental, for example, has anything to do with um, anxiety. Susan, let me, uh, let, let me answer that question, and I'm going to answer it a bit more broadly than what you've asked. Uh, the, the idea or, or the, 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 this exclusion, the exception of pre-existing condition is something that comes up oftentimes uh, in, in disability cases, in travel insurance cases, as mm-hmm. we know, John, yep. uh, it comes up in many contexts. You can't force an insurance company 
to accept you on the basis of a, a uh, uh, you know, by, by arguing with them that, you know, you do not have that pre-existing condition or, or that pre-existing condition doesn't, uh, is, is not relevant to the coverage you're seeking. Okay. Uh, where where I, I most of the times have, have a fight with the insurance company and oftentimes wins is when there is, in fact, a claim. So, so for example, uh, you've gone somewhere on, on, on uh, I don't know, some kind of a trip and uh, you've suffered an injury somewhere that's in New York and you've told your insurance company you're in the hospital, you're getting surgery, and they now comb through your family doctor's file and they, they find out that you didn't declare... Uh, you know, that you had, I don't know, diabetes a while right. back. You know, they're saying you had a pre-existing condition we were not aware of, and therefore we're not going to cover your treatments gotcha. uh, in that context. That's where I usually get involved and I'm able to successfully uh, advance a claim for the individual, and I have quite a few claims like that in the office. But to Susan's point, uh, you know, if your spouse has a benefits plan and they're refusing... She's not even on it yet. You're not on it, exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, they're looking through your records and they're refusing to accept you, rightly or falsely, uh, it's their prerogative. It's a private insurance uh, uh, system and there's not mm-hmm. much that you can do about that. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Get to uh, Ashok on the 401. Hello, Ashok. How are you? I'm good, John. How are you? Good. You got a question for Savan? Go ahead. Yeah, I love your show, Shivan. Uh, I have a question for you. Thank you, Asha. Go ahead. Uh, nowadays, uh, I, I presume the insurance uh, policy state explicitly states that uh, you are not entitled for income replacement unless you specifically buy it. Uh, no, 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 no. Okay, so, so Ashok, what you're asking is with respect to accident benefits in a car accident context? Exactly. Right? No, you are entitled to income replacement benefits, uh, uh-huh. and, and, and that's standard across all automobile insurance uh, policies in the province, in Ontario. But what you okay. can do is you can buy optional benefits. You can increase it from 400 to $600 a week to $800 a week, etc. Okay, okay. Okay, got it. Yeah, Thank but you. you have that. You have that. If you have automobile insurance, uh, you can even go on Google and type OAP1, uh, the Ontario Automobile Insurance, uh, and you will see that it, it contains information about that. It's one of the first things. You've got it's it. It's one of like the first things, there. and it's one of the things that I usually tell people that they're entitled to. If you're having difficulty working, uh, you do get that from your insurance company. You don't get that for the first seven days, right. but you do get that after the first seven days. Joyce, Joe, hang on the line. We'll get to you. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Lots more of the insurance and injury law show on the way in talk radio, AM 640. Want to mention after the show ends, you can always get a hold of Savan. It's 416-216-5910. And make sure you check out injurycalculator.ca. Very interesting and cool tool you've put together there, my friend. We'll touch on it again before we uh, we sign off. But we got uh, Joyce on the line. Hi, Joyce. Hi, I'm so glad that you took my call. No worries. Go ahead. Um, actually, I just want to, to uh, have him state some things about how these insurance companies, I have an open claim, part of an open claim about a, a very tragic uh, accident on the 401. Um, but they seem to cut you off like they, you know, I don't have a psychotherapist and I need one. And they cut me, they sort of screwed up my therapy, the insurance company and them. I don't know who did it. And now I'm trying to get more somebody else. And they keep telling me oh, they won't take me because it's an insurance claim. And I say then they've got me like um, uh, locked out. I can't get anybody because of the money that the insurance company will pay their way behind, they tell me. Joyce, do you know why they uh, cut you off? Uh, um, what well, was this part? This part of it. They cut me off the physio in, in a okay. horrible thing where they take you to this specialist guy who they pay all the money and you know, they don't let anybody come in with you, and you can see that they're just doing this to you. You know, you right. know what the outcome is before you even go. But then my, I was still seeing my psychotherapist, 
to that post-traumatic stress. And, and then they wouldn't pay them right, and they all got in an argument, and I'm the one that loses here. Right. So I call everybody in Durham, and, they, and I ask them to take the case, and they say, sorry, um, I say, why is everyone blocking me out? And one psychiatrist told me, psychologist, because they don't want to deal with the insurance company because they don't pay. They give you all the problems. So I say, well, that, where does that leave me? Mm-hmm. Joyce, I don't know uh, what to do. Okay. Well, what you're describing is unfortunately very, very common. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and, you know, when, when, it, when, first of all, let's put this in context. You're talking about a car accident. Yeah. Uh, right. And you're talking about obviously something that significantly affected your life and, and you need oh. all these treatments. Yeah, I wasn't physically. Nobody could, right. nobody could see it, but it's done terrible okay. things to my life. Did they, um, did they place I, I mean, you? I was trapped in my car upside down and I did, my car was destroyed. And I, I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I That's get okay. emotional when I think about it. Joyce, w- when did the accident happen? Well, it was three, and I can't believe it was three years ago this year. Okay. It's, it seems so, so long, but so. so did you have did you did you have anyone helping you any any a lawyer or a paralegal? Well, I got someone? a lawyer just before right. the two year mark because I I didn't think I had any rights, okay. and then I did, and then okay, they did a little bit of a settlement on the you know on the other insurance company, but this one of my benefits and my ongoing um, physio or psychotherapy is what I want. Okay, Joyce, uh, we're not going to have enough time right now to talk about everything, but I- I'm going to talk to you off air. Okay, I. I uh, I'm going to ask you to give me a call or actually have your number here. I'll give you a call, okay? And we'll sort oh, this out. that's not my but... number. That's a special long-distance number okay. I used to call long-distance. Well, give me a call. John's going to give you my number. Give me a call. Okay. We can definitely help you. This is You're obviously in distress. This should not be difficult to resolve or to get you the proper treatments that you need. This is unfortunately, John, something we see quite often. Mm-hmm. And, you know, believe it or not, it's just people are falling through the cracks and, and these cracks are, are, you know, they're caused sometimes by insurance companies who are, you know, purposefully trying to cut you off so that they can save some money. Yep. And sometimes it's because you don't have the proper documentation submitted to the insurance company. And, and just by virtue of that, you're not getting the benefits that you need because the right decisions are not made at, at, at the adjuster level, you know, when the adjusters are actually approving certain treatments. Obviously, Joyce needs those treatments, uh, but it shouldn't be difficult to, to get her that treatment. Okay, Joyce, at number 416-216-5910. Write that down, please. 416-216-5910. Uh, quickly, Joe, you got the uh, last call of the afternoon. Go ahead. Yeah, hi, gentlemen. A quick uh, quick question, please. Uh, we have a family member for close to two years. I guess she's been trying to get a long-term disability through CPP. Just three stages. She's going through the third stage right now. Something along the lines of a board. Some, some, some people from the board are going to give her the last answer right. if she qualifies or not. Is she wasting her time or do they really... Uh, they're really looking into it. No, they do look into it, but it's always good to have someone there, someone who knows CBP disability, to look into it. I, th- I think we lost Joe. Okay, Joe, let, let me just give you a few comments. CPP disability, the criteria is that you have a, a prolonged disability that prevents you from working. I, I often see this with uh, with my clients, John, who are on long-term disability, and as part of being on long-term disability, the disability policies require the individual to also apply for CPP disability. And, and, and you know, oftentimes people get denied that, and there is a window to appeal, and we always appeal that decision. Oftentimes we're successful, and it's about putting your best foot forward, okay. putting all the medical documents and proper reports in front of the uh, CPP tribunal, the board, and, and making sure that they have everything in front of them uh, to, to make the right decision. Busy show this week, my friend. For anybody who didn't get uh, on the air or have more questions, a couple different ways, help at the insurancelawyer.ca. 
And Savannah's number again, especially Joyce, 416-216-5910. Please use that number. And when you're online on the computer, check out injurycalculator.ca. Very cool tool. This will do it for another week of the Insurance and Injury Law Show on Talk Radio, AM640.